Chapter Twenty Seven of the Ins and Outs of Paris or Paris by Day and Night by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A little about a few artists. We have been many times on the confines of Bohème and have always paused at its limits. Nor must it be supposed from the title of this chapter that we are about to penetrate into its recesses and its mysteries. They are not for us charming and fascinating curious and extraordinary as they may be we will not enter the charmed circle we are not of the initiated bohème would scarce unveil its secrets to us we are going to speak of artists it is true yet they belong not to bohème though bohème receives and recognizes them whenever it can get them within its precincts that however is seldom if ever for the artists whom we are going to visit are amongst the aristocracy of talent they have access to every class welcomed in the highest in the noblest but independent and cringing to none they have formed a circle and society of their own within their own walls within their own families from which they can rarely be lured paris the test of talents of all nations has become the home of many foreign artists and italy with all its charms has failed to recall many whom paris and london had idolized and enriched not that we mean to insinuate that any rich or prosperous artist ever settled in london do not imagine such a preposterous thing ever happened there is no artistic society in london merely patronizing and lionizing there is no bohème in london all that is not virtue is vice dishevelled glaring grovelling vice without hope without shame so that the artistic world when it has made its guineas has nothing better to do than to hurry over the channel to regain its dignity its pleasures and its power so many italian artists have become parisians and their houses neutral ground between society proper and bohème are amongst the most interesting salons into which you can get admitted of these artistic homes the most brilliant and most agreeable is that of the great singer lablache his wife who was as handsome as himself does the honours of his home with grace and dignity though with perfect simplicity seeing rather to the material comforts of her guests than aiming at providing for the entertainment this however in the laisser-aller of artistic society is not heeded in either master or mistress for each provides his own entertainment and chooses his own associates la blache quaint full of the wit of a frenchman and the grotesque humour of an italian is the life and soul of his circle in that circle there are numerous children of his own all of whom have married artists or are artists themselves full of animation full of talent brought up with profound admiration for the world of art having no higher ambition than to be one of its distinguished disciples lablache's eldest daughter is the wife of sigismund thalberg a gentle delicate woman created to be the idol and consolation of poor wearied genius if ever genius meets success and stems the torrent of opposition or is not broken against the rocks of the world it is that it finds its guardian angel to hold it up through all love too has a genius of its own not every heart is endowed with it yet no holier mission can woman find on earth than to minister to one of earth's chosen spirits and great is her reward to be the first to hear the strains which shall entrance the world to gaze as first the pencil traces them on images which shall become immortal to listen to the melodies of poesy as beneath the poet's inspirations first they fall into rhythms that future ages shall repeat is this not high destiny enough with cautious ever watchful care to turn aside the petty shafts of mediocrity the wearying cares of sordid life 
poor genius never yet could brook to soothe the melancholy which comes over genius in its happiest hours when like the murmur of some distant sea the memory of a brighter sphere re-echoes in the heart this this is tender woman's happiest lot and for it the world owes to her its deepest gratitude for tis her fostering care that gives to it the full powers of genius that sends forth untrammelled by meaner cares the poet the philosopher the painter all whose names are engraven on the annals of the world thalberg's wife has been all this to him and he has lavished on her all his love and all his wealth when first they were united a cruel malady had paralyzed the bride and she could not leave her sofa except in her husband's arms many were the scoffs and sneers at this strange love but the artist heeded neither madame thalberg said he need never walk her husband can always provide her with a carriage Lablache is proverbially kind to young artists and poor artists they may be found here joining in the merriment and cordiality of the meeting forgetting for a few hours their own struggles and their poverty and as they look around them at the luxury earned by their benefactor in artists like themselves they are led to hope that at some future day they too may have a luxurious home and happy faces round them Lablache is renowned for his suppers he has a great appreciation of the material as well of the artistic good things of life all the provision merchants of the palais royal know the glorious basso and smile as they see his portly figure coming along the galleries looking with the eye of a connoisseur on the fish flesh fowl and fruit displayed to tempt the palate and despoil the purse another family of italian artists settled and domiciled in france is that of a contemporary of Lablache, tamburini he too has a numerous family and a wife who left the stage as soon as her husband's fame began to dawn i do not sing well enough for the wife of tamburini said she modestly and so she contented herself with home and her children they have now a beautiful house and are amongst the class of artists we are describing artists who have preserved the dignity and respectability of private life and who have not availed themselves of genius to throw aside the world's laws and principles tamburini is less witty less joyous than Lablache, whose neapolitan nature ever spite of age comes to the surface still he loves to bring around him all his former comrades all the artists who are now treading in his footsteps and without jealousy or envy to listen to their triumphs tamburini had a beautiful daughter who very nearly escaped being a great lady and immigrating from this artist world where the children of one are the children of all like their joys and their sorrows which all share alike beautiful was she as a young psyche brought up with an exemplary mother's care simple unaffected and untrammelled by the conventionalities of parisian life utterly devoid of boldness unconscious of her charms singing like a young bird this fair creature fascinated and allured all soon her hand was sought and tamburini saw his daughter's brow about to wear a ducal coronet he sighed as he told his wife the brilliant destiny that opened for their child the mother wept she felt she should lose her daughter still it was not just to throw so high so bright a fate away putting her arm around her and looking earnestly into those large serene eyes she asked her daughter if she would be a duchess if she would like to live at court in a fine hotel in the dark gloomy faubourg and to leave them all a shade gathered over that sweet placid face and the big tears dimmed the fawn-like eyes not one temptation was there in title wealth or station oh mother said she blushing i am an artist's daughter 
let me be an artist's wife the happiest fate i would not change it for a crown replied the mother still the noble suitor would take no denial and persisted in his suit and the world wondered at the fortune of tamburini's daughter some months later she was married but she did not become a duchess an artist's daughter she became an artist's wife and now as her mother gloried in tamburini's triumphs the daughter listens with delight to the applause which in paris london and st petersburg has nightly greeted gardoni one of the great tenors of the day thus live the artists in a world of their own sometimes the children are away then how eagerly will tidings of them be waited for by all how will their career be watched by all how will their return be greeted by all welcomed in one house as warmly as in the other so that they scarcely know which is their home all the great musicians and great composers are in this society many of the great patrons of music and a few of its great patronesses many foreigners of the highest rank russians who have known these great artists in the muscovite paris spaniards germans english for your artist is cosmopolitan love to do homage as they pass through paris to the celebrated artists in their homes liszt has his home in paris rossini lived there for many many years david too is here poor donizetti died there bellini is buried within its walls meyerbeer the colossus of music whose muse is inspired but every five years does not disdain the artistic capital of europe dupre the artist whom the french public rejected and who crossing the alps was received with enthusiasm by the italians after which the parisians deign to recognize his genius has also a salon of which his young daughter caroline is the star giving by her high-bred manners and her reserved and irreproachable conduct a higher and perhaps rather a more formal tone to this than any other of the artistic reunions roger the tenor who has recently quitted the grand opera has a beautiful hotel furnished with most exquisite taste his receptions are on sundays the artist's leisure day here all the great and successful artists meet together and as their fancy inspires them sit down to the piano and sing as an artist will sing to an audience of artists with taste and expression such as an ordinary public never inspire cruvelli bosio grisi parodi may be grouped together boccardi a tenor unknown as yet to these regions verdi frasoloni borghimamo alboni alari the composer of the trenozze roger is a man of great refinement and celebrated for his appreciation of every art as well as music he is generous and thoughtless and but that he makes more money than it is almost possible to spend he might find it difficult to indulge in his munificence hearing of the privations endured by the troops in the crimea it occurred to roger who was singing at hamburg to contribute towards their relief he sent neither clothing nor blankets nor provisions but fifteen hundred francs to buy cigars for the suffering troops probably the want of cigars was the only privation from which roger had ever suffered for endowed with a handsome person a charming voice and a good musical education success attended him from the first cavatina or rather song he ever sang he made his first appearance at the opera comique and has sang equally well and with equal success in italian french and german berlioz too the musical critic the composer of mystic music the inventor of what he calls tragedies without words has a reception day at which besides musicians the elite of journalism meet hector berlioz married many years ago an english or at least what the french called an english woman though the english called her what she was 
an irish woman miss smithson she was an actress whose beauty had created for her a temporary success in london but whose irish accent grated harshly on the saxon ear so that finding the atmosphere of london ungenial she had the happy thought of trying a parisian public who so far from understanding irish did not even understand english they however understood the fine face and beautiful attitudes of the beautiful actress and with ducie's translations in hand by which they must have been doubly mystified the classical and learned public of paris flocked nightly to see if not to hear shakespeare pronouncing la belle smithson the finest actress of the stage but the public will after a time get tired even of what they do not understand and finding they made no progress in english literature the theatre anglais gradually lost its vogue then miss smithson married hector berlioz and at the last she found her real vocation for she proved a true and faithful wife embellishing the circle in which her husband's genius placed her forgetting that she had ever been a celebrity her place is vacant now a year ago she was carried to pere lachaise and there is a desolate and neglected air in the salon she used to animate all miss her genial smile her hearty welcome for her foreign alliance and their adoption of another country had not made her forget the country of her birth or its distinguishing virtue hospitality scribe too has a day for seeing his friends but then scribe is so rich what with the millions he has gained and the millions he has married that his though an artistic salon attracts many graver and more important guests politicians magistrates savants and financiers of course for financiers love the vicinity of riches though they may never come within their grasp here might be seen ponsard he who revived and not for rachel the classical tragedy of racine beginning with a chef-d'oeuvre lucrece then his rival in talent though his friend in affection emile augier the author of gabriel mérimée saintine the author of picciola horace vernet ingres alivi the composer of the juive aubert the author of Massianello, flandrin a painter of the pure italian school biard the most expressive of artists whether in a witty sketch for a cabinet picture or in the gravest scenes of history fooled the banker minister and now imperial director of the grand opera baroche the eloquent orator whose fine head with its short thick sunny curls clustering around it arrest the attention even before the sonorous voice has time to reach the ear in these reunions of scribe there are few of the other sex his wife who was not of this circle has no artistic aspirations and as we have said these salons are not bohème and therefore none of bohème's fairest ornaments are admitted here madame scribe's kindness indulgence and toleration for artistic caprices and eccentricities which she neither criticizes nor understands does not extend to sanctioning the erratic romantic and picturesque behaviour of women of genius whether actresses or artists some of her old friends may gather round her forming a small quiet circle knitting and embroidery in hand at a large round table near the fire but they are women of her own age never accused of genius or young demure girls who dare not either become geniuses themselves or admire genius in others until after they are married you do not imagine that alexandre dumas has no trysting-place other than the bureau of the mousquetaire the wittiest journal in the world he whose hospitality is so great that to paraphrase a saying of the emperor caligula whom he took for the hero of a not very successful tragedy he would wish that he could concentrate the whole human race so that he might entertain them all at one time 
alexandre dumas then has a home in which to see his friends not now the far-famed magnificence of monte cristo which is said to have surpassed even the fabulous splendour of the monte cristo of his imagination that is abandoned dumas having forgotten the one trite command contained in mrs glass's direction of how to cook a hare first catch your hare says the good lady dumas forgot that to be monte cristo it was necessary to first catch your island with the secret treasure and so some importunate creditors took the liberty of bringing this necessity to his mind still he has a home and of course it is open to every one who asks his hospitality his entertainments and his society vary like his genius and his works now under the superintendence of his daughter propriety prevails and dumas himself becomes quite pastoral there is not a word said that might not be put down in a moral tale at other times the daughter having retired dumas assembles a literary coterie and the conversation if not strictly moral is vastly instructive the language if not positively classical is without doubt witty and sparkling the supper and the wines worthy of the conversation and the guests no ladies ever trespass on these strictly artistic reunions though there are other entertainments we told you dumas hospitalities were various in which ladies play a conspicuous part we have heard it said that suppers have been given in which the lovely guests dancers by profession it must be confessed and spaniards by birth it cannot be denied were known to have danced on the table skilfully avoiding all plates and glasses greatly to the admiration of the journalists critics authors and young secretaries of various embassies who assisted at these feats but then these doings resemble those of bohème and with these we have nothing to do and less to say therefore we will not pursue this sketch which rightly to speak had no place here for if ever this table dance was danced brussels was the scene of the exploit and not paris another salon it shall be our last is one which like that of dumas has various phases though it is the salon of a woman but that woman is rachel and like dumas she has different aspects to her character her genius assumes different forms when first the young melpomene emerged from the shades of a small theatre on to the most trying stage in the world that of the théâtre français she was though familiar by instinct with genius and knowing by instinct all that is grand in poetry and art totally unacquainted with the world this utter ignorance of society its forms and its usages added to her extreme youth led her to be silent and reserved so that the various lion-hunters who eagerly sought her out bestowed on her the name of the savage hermione none were prepared to find under the tragic toga the heart and taste of an aspasia her wit her tastes her talents her love of luxury and her passions for some years the high-minded girl for such she was had the most enviable position of any woman in europe her success fabulous as it appeared even to herself had made her neither arrogant nor conceited reverenced by her own family whose benefactress she was admired and courted by all she maintained a simple quiet dignity which impressed every one with respect her appearance in public places created quite a sensation she was in the habit of frequenting the chamber of deputies in order to study the various inflections of the human voice but the speakers on these occasions were sure of a very inattentive audience for the interest even of the greatest politicians gave way before their curiosity to gaze on and to admire the classical pure-minded and dignified young tragic muse but a year or two wrought a change 
the soaring genius who besides being a woman of genius was a woman endowed with common sense had been studying the world and comprehended all in which she was wanting endowed with all that cannot be learned she knew nothing that can be taught there is an autograph letter extant addressed to desjazette thanking her for the great kindness and generosity with which she helped her through the first struggles with poverty which though charmingly expressed is very badly spelled her language too when not that of the poets was not always either elegant or correct but in two years all these defects had been corrected rachel no longer reserved or timid was found to be not only a genius but a woman full of intellect elegance and wit her repartees were quoted her grace which Janet had called angular grace her elegance and ease of manner lauded to the skies the countess du chatel who had taken a mother's interest in her making her pass whole weeks in her house contributed to the high tone of her manners rachel at this phase of her existence could command any of the most exclusive salons to open its doors to her the duchess of berwick the countess Doriani, the noailles montemarts all the embassies felt honoured by her presence and would put on their invitations to meet mademoiselle rachel as they do when guests are invited to meet a prince of the royal blood rachel was a pious follower of her religion and though that religion was one abhorred by catholicism for rachel is a jewess her very piety became a merit in the eyes of fashion generous too she was and is distress of whatever creed or under whatever form or in whatever language it may appeal to her never appealed in vain she was the rara avis words could not be found to speak her praises her conduct was irreproachable not one scandal had been breathed either in the theatre or out of it at this crisis she went to london and there sharing the common enthusiasm queen victoria generally a pattern of reserved propriety testified her admiration bestowing on her a magnificent bracelet and by an inscription placing the royalty of talent by the royalty of descent victoria to rachel said the bracelet and rachel felt that her reign had begun she returned to paris she was rich she had but to speak and greater riches came she changed the marble statue became a woman her taste for luxury knew no bounds no eastern palace surpassed the home she created for herself her caprices her follies her extravagances were the wonder of the day her early friends remonstrated but they were unheeded soon came such reports of the wild wanderings of the muse that friends in a fright withdrew no scandalous passion no intrigue was imputed but it was said that she who knew so well how to express the passions of greek and roman heroines had also revived the orgies and the vices of old greece and rome still her genius increased from year to year the public favour too for the public knew nothing of what her friends deplored rachel now was a potentate herself she wanted no patronizing and she with her ardent passions and energetic will resolved to enjoy life in her own way perhaps there is no truth in all that has been said perhaps from her very friends may have come these rumours for virtue is not indulgent or charitable and admits but one way of being virtuous its own and so may indulgent and prudery have turned away be it as it may rachel has around her all the remarkable men of the day she has young sisters with her she is protected by her brothers she will no longer condescend to be patronized and therefore goes no more into the salons of the great there are few women in her circle she cares not for their society but she is the very semiramis of the artistic world and her hotel 
sometimes the very areopagus of intellect is considered the imperial palace of bohème End of chapter twenty seven